Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Student Spin. My name is Scout Hodgins. We are a sister production of the Six Mile Post. I'm joined here by my co-host. Today is Wednesday, April the 29th, and I do want to go ahead and make clear real quickly that any opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect that of Georgia Highlands or the Six Mile Post. Very true. So to start out here, it's the end of the semester. So what's what you got planned here for our intro? I just wanted to ask you what what's the most interesting or unexpected thing that's happened to you since this has happened? Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, for for anybody who doesn't know, Scout lives out in Redneck Land. I live out. Um, right at the end of a dirt road. So somebody has turned some potbelly pigs loose out here and they've been running around in the woods and they were, they came up yesterday and hung out with our pigs and I had a cow get out yesterday that I had to get back in and just, just crazy redneck land stuff. It's it's been pretty interesting. Yeah, it's not that fun when you're trying to work on homework and then something like that happens. Well, I can imagine. Um, For me, it's been, um, I've seen a lot of girls do this. A lot of us are reliving our One Direction phases. I never really got out of my One Direction phase, but lately I've been like hardcore getting into it. Like I was telling Scout earlier, I'm about to go into my attic when we're done recording and I'm going to pull out my old (laughs) poster that I got um, probably 10 years ago. Like, it's the one that has all their signatures on it. They're in the car. I know it so well. And I want to hang it back up in my room. And I also have a picture of Harry that I kind of want to frame and put on my wall. Mm. I'm just really into it. They made really good music. Yeah, that's. I would say that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> also, like, five seconds of summer. I haven't listened to them in years, but I'm also back on that bandwagon as well. Oh, man. Yeah, I've been kind of reliving a little bit of my my roots of where my my initial interest in music came from and i've been enjoying it it's good so let's get into some ghc news uh classes technically end may the 4th but exams are between may 5th through the 11th which will be uh the six mile posts person who's in charge allison hadaway's birthday so really? happy birthday in advance, Allison. Yes, happy birthday. Grades are due May the 13th at noon. Uh, it's possible that your teachers will be opening your finals before May the 11th. I know that Allison Hadaway did that for our mass media class. So mm-hmm. I got to get on that and take that. Graduation is still to be determined. Uh, there were surveys that were emailed to all students about participating in graduation. So you guys should definitely go and fill those out. I already filled mine out. Carson, did I did you? too. Yeah, okay. I, I, I did it as soon as nice. I got that email a few minutes after we got off the phone with Don or like right after we finished our episode that day. So I did that like as soon as that was done. Yeah. So the next semester that's coming up is May Mester, which begins May the 18th. Drop ad is 18th to the 19th. And then full session will begin June the 8th and drop ad is June the 8th and 9th. Okay. So we do have some, some sad, exciting news. I'm not sure, but this is actually our last episode together. Yes. So, um, I am graduating next month, I guess, I guess I'm done by next week and scout is staying for the summer semester yeah so if you want to talk about that a little bit 
Yeah. Um, well, first things first, you know, Carson said it all right there. We're probably going to take a short break. Um, we've discussed continuing it for the summer semester, the full session semester. Our short break is probably going to consist of May. No podcast in May from what I understand. And we are looking for a new co-host. Yep. So since I'm going to be gone, I'm going to be um, moving on from Georgia Highlands. I'm super sad about it, but I'm also kind of excited. Um, Scout's going to need a new co-host. So if anybody is interested in filling that spot, it's a lot of fun. You're going to be trained really well. But whoever decides to do it, if you decide to also do it throughout the fall as well, once yeah, Scout moves that's, on. Yeah, that's the big thing is we're looking for somebody who can go ahead and get in now and kind of get a feel for what's going on. Right. Um and then continue doing it in the fall. So that's, that's kind of in the works. I know that Allison's taking care, kind of she's working with the six mile post staff to see if anybody would be interested, but if anybody else has any recommendations or is interested and you think you could stand working with me for the summer, <laughs> you know, get in contact with us. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, how I've been in correspondence with, well, really with Don Green's wife. So anybody who didn't listen to the last episode, or if you did, you know that I talked to Don a little bit about getting with him for career stuff. Because although I do kind of know what I want to graduate with my bachelor's, I don't really know what I want to do as a career. And he told me that he would give his wife my email or my phone number or something, but I just, I got to brag on them a little bit here. So it was probably about 10 minutes after we finished that episode that she emailed me with uh, career interest surveys and, you know, asked me what I thought I might like and stuff like that. And, and she's been emailing me consistently whenever I email her back with my results and stuff, you know, she's offered when, when things get back in full swing, and we get where we can meet in person again. She has offered for me to sit down with them and and talk about career prospects with them. Now, the reason that I'm saying all this is not for my sake, but for anybody who may be listening to this. Um, this is pretty awesome. This is a pretty awesome opportunity that these people are offering. Any career advice like that, even if you think you know what you want to do, it, it could probably still help to sit down and talk with somebody about this. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Carson? Mm-hmm. It's really good to just have some kind of guidance from someone who's been there before. Yeah. And, and if you're like me and it took you the first year of college to even decide what you wanted to major in, this, this would be something great to take advantage of right now or for any incoming students, for anybody who's been here. I seriously doubt that things like this happen at bigger colleges if I'm just being honest. Yeah. So I would urge everybody to take advantage of that opportunity to get with somebody such as Don Green and talk about career advice because, I mean, I don't know about you, Carson, but the way that it seemed to me is he would he would love to be able to talk to more people about it. Yeah, super friendly, That's super good. easy to talk to. Yeah, yeah, really down to earth. I guess what I'm getting at is it's a great opportunity to sit down and talk with somebody about career prospects. And I think that everybody should take it while you've got it and not be 
like I was in high school and oh, I don't, I don't need any of that. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna do whatever you want to, you want to start us off here in the world news. I think I've, I've talked enough about that kind of stuff, Carson. Yeah. Well, essentially um, the first thing that Scout put on the outline was to talk about how Donald Trump kind of the whole disinfectant thing. And we kind of wanted to talk about that because there's a lot of misinformation coming out of that. Um, a lot of people are saying that the president said that you should inject Lysol into your veins. Mm, not really what he said. I included um, the quote. I went and got the actual quote. So I'm going to read it real quick. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that by injection inside or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets in the lungs and it does a tremendous number in the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that out. So it seems like, so no, he never said to go do this thing. He asked maybe we should look into doing this thing because it's good for the lungs. But, um, but now he's kind of come back and said that was a sarcastic comment. But if you do go watch it, I feel, I don't think he's being sarcastic. I just think he just said something kind of whatever. And I think that he should just kind of <laughs> accept that. Yeah. I don't, you know, I was telling Carson, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of what he says is kind of a, Hey, y'all watch this. And then he'll say <laughs> something just pretty out there. But the the reason I wanted to talk about this is Carson, I'm sure you saw it too. I mean, we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording. Mm-hmm. You, you've seen more people are saying, Oh, the president is saying to inject yourself. The president's telling people to inject themselves with yeah. disinfectant. And it's frustrating to me when I see the media touting things like that, when and it's as simple as doing what we just did and giving the quote, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. So I don't know how FDA. many. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know how many actual like media sources have said that he said to inject it. I just know that um, the ones that I've said just say that he suggested it, which is true. It was like suggested as maybe a possible idea. But I do think that um, the way people are interpreting that can be dangerous. Yeah, man, it's I've seen where, where where people are doing that now. And it's uh do not inject yourself with disinfectant, okay? I didn't yeah, I didn't know that we needed to like say that, but yeah. Yeah. I didn't um, I didn't know a day would come where we would need to say that, but yes, please do not do that. Because that has not been advised by any medical professional. Right. The FDA commissioner, actually, I've, I've got that on our outline here, has warned people not to eat or inject themselves with disinfectant. So, so if you're thinking do about it, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm the medical professional, but don't do it. Yeah, me neither. But. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Um, I think that about covers that, you know. Go and go and read what he said and form your own opinion on it. Is maybe he was being sarcastic? Sarcastic? Maybe not. I don't know. Carson thinks that he wasn't being sarcastic. Um, well, I don't think he was being sarcastic because there was some truth in what he said. There are medical disinfectants that can be injected through the skin, but it's not household disinfectants. And I just don't think he totally grasped that all the way. So I don't think that he should have spoke on it. I don't think it was his place as someone who is not a medical professional. I don't know. It's, you, you could argue a lot of things right there. Yeah, um, you, you, know, you never know exactly what someone means when they say something. 
Yeah. So uh, let's get into some other stuff. I read something pretty interesting the other day, and that is that insect numbers are down 25% since 1990. Yeah, I wonder what kind of effect that actually has on, like, an ecosystem. Well, uh, what I was reading, so... Let's get into this a little bit. My right. uh, my initial reaction was, man, that is awesome. You know, heck yeah. <laughs> Less bugs sounds good to me because yeah. I hate mosquitoes. But uh, freshwater insects have been on the increase by 11%. Oh. And what I, what I read, you bring up the ecosystem thing, made me think this. It is speculated that the result of these declining numbers is farming and urbanization or mm-hmm. not the result but the cause of these declining numbers is farming and urbanization mm-hmm. um yeah like i don't know anything about insects or wildlife i'm really like just not i don't know anything about that but it kind of feels like it'd be like a butterfly effect thing yeah i mean that's what i was about to say is you know like i said my initial reaction was like yeah that's awesome <laughs> but um insects do a lot you know from from pollinating things to being a food source for a lot of animals. And yeah, (laughs) there's a whole lot more that goes into it than just it's less mosquitoes. Yeah. It's kind of, um, that's very human of us to think that mosquitoes exist to get on our nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it there. I would urge people to go and read about that and read about what it's doing to ecosystems i couldn't find a whole lot about what it's doing maybe Uh, maybe i didn't search yeah maybe i didn't search hard enough you know Mm -hmm. but uh just some pretty interesting stuff that's going on there um some stuff that's going on in u.s news i thought this was i thought it was kind of weird that this was a headline um chicago (laughs) bans horse-drawn carriages starting in 2021 and Carson was asking me, what was it you asked me? Why? So I've got a couple of quotes here. Um, here's one from animal rights activist Ingrid Newkirk. She's a spokesperson for PETA. And she says, this is a banner day for overworked horses in Chicago who will no longer be forced to pound the pavement through extreme heat, thunderstorms, or blizzards, and who are often deprived of even a drink of water. She's actually the president of PETA. Now, I also have a quote here from Larry Ortega, who is the owner of Chicago Horse and Carriage. Um, He's completely dismissed the animal cruelty argument. Um, He says, even though there are city, state, and federal laws clearly stating what is animal cruelty, there has never been one horse driver or owner arrested operating on the city streets of Chicago. Yeah, so I'd like to see where um, PETA, I'd like to see where they get their information yeah but 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 on the other hand just because no one was arrested doesn't mean that it doesn't happen we always urge our our listeners to go do their own research and that's something that i do think we should all look into because i'd like to know a little bit more about that well the thing with i was kind of talking to carson about my feelings about PETA before this and PETA gets a lot of stuff wrong from what i've seen and Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, even compared to scientific research, articles that you will read on the PETA website are just, a lot of them are factually inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying either way with the, the whole Chicago horse drawn carriages argument. I just, I thought that was pretty neat, uh, that, or not neat, but it was just news that horse drawn carriages have been banned because, you know, I've never been to Chicago. Have you? No, I have not. Uh, but I know that, you know, watching movies and stuff, you see people in horse-drawn carriages or you see horse-drawn carriages. Yeah. Um, you know, I wonder what that, what that is going to do for people like Larry Ortega, who is the owner of Chicago horse and carriage. I mean, is this dude just like totally out of business now or starting in 2021 is, you know, it just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it'd be kind of strange to like just ban it outright rather than just put in some regulations. Because if your issue is with like the treatment, then let's fix the treatment. Well, you know I mean? then yeah, I mean, then you get into the whole slippery slope thing, like we've talked about before. Is it would um, it makes me wonder if even if we did something like that maybe the end result would have been banning horse-drawn carriages anyway, you know? Maybe, but I feel like that, that, like that being like your first step, like let's just ban it altogether. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of drastic when that, when the, the fact of horse-drawn carriages themselves doesn't seem to be the actual issue. Yeah. It, that makes sense. Yeah. So you have something about Texas. I haven't heard about this. Yeah, so I read where Texas is actually reopening, um, you know, kind of like Georgia has done. So they're reopening restaurants and other stores May 1st. Um, They're including some rules. So among the new rules that businesses are having to follow, parties of six or less, disposable menus and limited capacity. I'm assuming that means limited capacity, you know, within stores and restaurants. Um, So malls and retailers across Texas can reopen, but their capacity is limited to 25% of its normal capacity. But this is actually pretty interesting right here, but for rural counties with fewer than five confirmed cases of COVID-19, Retailers can serve up to 50% of their regular capacity. A part of me wonders, um, I've said a lot on this episode, that there's a lot of things I don't know about. And I also don't know know about business, but I wonder if being allowed to operate at only like 50% capacity, would it just be cheaper to just stay closed? But I don't know. I I wonder, is, is it more expensive to open back up if you can't serve your full audience? Well, I mean, I would... You know, I don't know either. Um, I guess that's something for the business owners to figure out. I guess. But I would be willing to bet that even if they open back up to 100%, all these businesses, that they still wouldn't be getting 100% of what they had before. Uh, when I went to the bank yesterday, I saw Sorbas is doing like a drive-through kind of thing. Um right there next to the bank in Cedartown. And, you know, that's great, but I'm, I'm not going to eat it. So, you know, businesses are, are doing what they got to do. Yeah. Is the way that I look at it. Uh, and among some other stuff, 
when it comes to outdoor sports, Texans can only play sports that don't include contact with other players and only four people can play at a time. The sports that are ruled out the most are basketball, soccer, and football. Um, okay. Public swimming pools must remain closed. And <laughs> those should stay closed anyway. Those are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the governor has actually got special instructions for golf courses too. Golf carts must be cleaned between uses. Only one person allowed per car unless you're of the same household, and golfers must keep six feet apart. I wonder how you even enforce that because aren't golf golfing ranges like really big? I know that I've seen, you know, talking about disinfecting golf carts in between uses. Every time I go to Kroger, uh, the people who get the buggies are are out there with a, a bottle of disinfectant spraying down all the buggies and wiping them down and then taking a big drink of it no not doing that yeah i know don't don't do that once again do not do that yeah don't do that um it was a joke don't I, do from, it from what i've seen they're not doing that at walmart really mm. i haven't been to either i've really just been staying at home yeah i've been out and about a little bit and when i say out and about i mean i've gone to the grocery store and i went fishing and grocery store is the closest I've come into contact with anybody else. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, I mean, there's more stuff with, with Texas reopening. Um, I urge you guys to read some more about that. If you're interested, I know it doesn't directly affect us, but I mean, but it it could, like it kind of could. They're one of the first States to reopen, you know, along with Georgia. Mm -hmm. So, some COVID-19 news. I read a statistic that said the U S has passed 1 million COVID-19 cases, confirmed cases. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had, I had a thought. My dad told me yesterday that some of the people that he's worked with went and got tested or, or you know, I can't remember now exactly what it was that he told me if it was some people that he worked with who got tested or some people that they knew that went and got tested and were testing positive for it but it was where they had it back in 2019 hmm. and so like a dead strain maybe no like they had it back in 2019 late 2019 but they thought it was the flu but it, you know, oh, I, but it still but showed it, in their body Right, because it, it still would, you know, oh, okay. after know after that. symptoms disappear, you would still test positive for this <laughs> this strand of the coronavirus, which is COVID-19. And it made me wonder, what if all these people, this, of course, this is just speculation. What if so many of these people who are testing positive for it and are asymptomatic, what if they had it? back in late 2019, but they thought it was the flu. Yeah. They did have symptoms for it, but they just, they didn't know anything about COVID-19 at the time. And we, we talked about this in some of the earliest episodes of our podcast. And then it made me wonder, well, man, you know, what if, so I, I had the flu pretty bad. Um, I think it was the flu in late 2019. I didn't go and get tested. My mom had it pretty bad too. She went and got tested for the flu and she tested negative. Yeah. Now, if you if you get your flu test too early on, you'll test negative for the flu. But that made me wonder, 
you know, what if we had it then? And, and we went and got tested now for COVID-19. Would we test positive for COVID-19? Have you seen how they test people for that? Uh, no. I, oh my goodness. It is people horrible. tell me. It's terrible. It's like this. So it's like a, it's like a cotton, like a Q-tip, I think, but it's like this long. And my mom, yes. Oh my gosh. I've seen like videos of it. That is enough to make me just want to stay home. And if I start getting sick, and if I test for the flu and stuff, I've never tested, I've never had the flu. I like, (laughs) I am very healthy, but if I start to like even feel a little bit sick, I'll just, I'll just assume that I have it. I'll stay in my room till it passes or like, like that, my mom has had to give a few of those tests and it just like, oh my gosh, she said it's like it touches your brain and I hate it. Like That's I hate it. That's not that it, so. bad. It just yes, like, it, it tickles and itches. Ah, uh, no, thank you. I've been flu tested before and it feels like it's way up in your sinuses. No, thank you. Not interested. Next caller. Might make you cough a little bit. But yeah, the the big thing that I was wondering there, and again, you know, let me preface this. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a medical professional, but I wondered if a lot of the statistics that we're seeing of people who are testing positive for it, but are showing no symptoms. Well, what if they were showing the symptoms back in late 2019? I don't know. I know that asymptomatic people can still transfer or still contagious. So, Oh, that's true too. Which is what makes me think, I don't think it'll just stay in your system forever after well, we'll see. Here's the thing. Asymptomatic and post-symptomatic are two different things, right? Right. So, I don't so know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know either. The, the moral of the story is that Scout and I, we don't know. We are just two non-scientists who have ideas. <laughs> we have we have ideas with very little scientific basis to back them up probably, on they're just ideas probably not very good ideas either <laughs> but what i can do for you all is is present facts that i've read and quotes that i've read and urge you to go and listen to these things for yourself but mm-hmm. you know those are, that was just my thoughts on uh possible testing and stuff yeah so real quick, I have some pop culture news. I haven't done any pop culture news on this, even though there has been a lot over the course of the semester, just because I didn't want to bore Scout with it. But now that it's my last episode, I'm going to do it. So first, I learned yesterday that Zayn Malik of One Direction and Gigi Hadid, beautiful supermodel, are having a baby. This is the greatest news I've ever heard in my life. Whoa, no way. Yeah. Yeah, wow. like they they are the most beautiful people a in baby. the world. Yes. <laughs> and um, as someone who's reliving my One Direction phase, this is like a super exciting to me. And uh, I've seen so many tweets, so many just really funny tweets about it. Like um, that lucky baby's going to come out of the womb and be like, is that Zane from One Direction? And when I first heard about that, that was why I decided to, that I'm going to try to get my poster back out. And next, one thing that I thought was really nice, um, a lot of artists are doing free live stream concerts for people whose shows have been canceled. I had a Niall Horan concert last week that was canceled a few weeks ago, and he had been doing live stream concerts, which I really appreciate. Um, and also, Billie Eilish and her brother did a live stream charity show where they sang songs and then they raised money for different charities. I thought that was really, really cool, especially because um, 
I wanted to go see her as well, but her tour has been postponed anyways. So that was really nice. And I'm a big, I'm a big, big fan of her brother's music too. So it was cool to hear him sing also. And I think that's a really good thing that people are doing for free to raise money for relief funds. But not all of them are doing it, right? Some of them are just live streaming. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well that's what I mean. Well, you know, I think part of that is probably just uh, the musician and artist in them. You know, when you're not able to perform your music for people and something that you've been doing, you get to missing it. Yeah. Um, that's that's probably a lot of what that is. Oh, yeah, totally. And, like, I've seen some artists. Uh, I saw a tweet the other day that said that one artist, I think it was Camila Cabello, is going to be doing a live stream concert. Um, tickets available soon. And I was like, are you going to charge me to, like, sit at my computer and watch you sing? Because I'm yeah, not going to do that. And that's, you know, I've I've seen where, where musicians are live streaming stuff like that. And I was thinking, like, well, man, if you're charging people for that, I mean, they might as well just go and watch the YouTube video of you on SNL performing. That yeah. Song. So I'm probably not going to pay to watch anyone perform from my computer. I just don't think that's worth it. When there's a million performances already on the internet of them singing that same song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Tell me your animal fact. It's about a shrew, and I only know about the Shakespeare play, so okay. hit me. Do you know what a shrew is? No. I know that in context of the show, it is a crazy woman. Well, that too. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, but so a shrew is this, it's this little bitty tiny animal, a couple inches long, and it, it looks like a cross between a mouse and a mole. Okay. And what made me think about this, I was walking up through the woods yesterday, um, just kind of looking at everything. And I had talked to a friend of mine who's a wildlife biologist and he asked me if I'd ever seen a shrew. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. What is that? And he told me it's this little mouse looking thing, but they, and I, I looked up what they look like. They also have a nose that looks kind of like a mole. Okay. You know, a mole's nose. Yeah. And they are insectivores, which means that they only eat insects. Uh-oh, because insect numbers are going down. Yeah, and that was another thing that made me think about it. So, did you know, Carson, Okay. that a shrew has to eat 200 to 300% of its body weight in insects every day? What a horrible existence that must be. I don't know. It sounds pretty awesome to me. They have to eat every two to three hours to survive. You wouldn't ever eat a bug? No. Not even if you were like really hungry? Nope. If God wanted me to eat bugs, he would have made me an animal that, eat, that eats bugs. Well, I mean, humans are animals that eat bugs, though. Okay. I am not one of those animals. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say it for the record. If I was hungry enough, I would eat a bug. I mean, if I was hungry enough, like if I was starving, I would. But... At this moment, I'm fine. I'm pretty open to trying new things. I have not ever... But not eating bugs. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever eaten a bug. Anyway, what's your song of the week, Carson? What's your song recommendation? My common theme this episode is that I love One Direction. Oh, yeah, it's their their best one. Oh, wait, it's by One Direction? Uh, Yes. Uh, Oh, man. Their best album is their fourth album. It's called Four. came out in 2014. It's really a great 
album of music, like not a single song worth skipping. And the best song on that, on that album is Fireproof. And that's just a fact. Is that your song recommendation, Fireproof? It, yep, for the rest of my life. Fireproof by One Direction. Everyone should listen to that song because it's amazing. What about you, Scout? What's it about? It's about um, a love so strong that it's fireproof. Wow. Well, um, you know, I'm a big fan of a lot of different genres of music. Uh, and I haven't recommended, I've been trying to do a different genre every week and I haven't recommended a blues song yet. And what I figured I would do, you know, anybody who's a fan of the blues has heard of Robert Johnson and BB King and, uh, probably Albert King and Stevie Ray Vaughan, all the big Texas blues guys and maybe a little bit of Delta blues, but I, man, I came across this dude's music and it was, it was so cool. You know, so much of it is just, he's just playing one chord, the whole song and that's it. And it's, it's more about the groove and the beat than anything. It's a song by RL Burnside. And I think it's a good introduction to the man. And the name of the song is jumper on the line. Okay. And there's this video on YouTube of him out in some field in Mississippi playing it on some little cheap guitar and amp and it's the coolest thing ever. That is such a cool song. Okay. And it's a great in- introduction to that kind of blues, I think. Sounds good. Yeah. So that's pretty much everything that we've got for this week, isn't it? I guess this is going to be a farewell to Carson and uh again, we're going to be looking for a new co-host. We are going to take a short break for about a month or so. Um, that's the plan anyway. Right. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this week. I hope you learned something. You know, I hope you enjoyed it this semester. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Um, we've, we've tried pretty hard on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my, my hopes for this is that we have – when we have presented the facts that we've come across pretty non-biased. I hope so. Um, So hopefully that's how we came across. Hope you guys have a great week, have a great end of the semester and have a great month and And have a great life and have a great summer and don't (laughs) drink disinfectant. Yeah. Hopefully I'll be back with you guys soon. Yep. Everybody have a great forever.